0: I want you to think for just a second, you can't get this wrong. It's a, it's a question you can't get wrong because it's completely subjective and it's up to you. What's the toughest job that you've ever had? Like, like, like physical labor or whatever, like what's the toughest job? Tell, tell the person next to you just so we kind of have a, something to connect with. Toughest job, might be the job you're in now. <laughs> toughest job you ever had. I didn't say, give your resume. I just said, just, that's all I said, it's the toughest job. Um, I was, the, the reason I thought about that is because I was driving down the, the street a couple weeks ago, and um, I passed by like a smaller tanker truck and it had so-and-so's septic tank service on the side of the job. And I literally thought, I was like, that's a crappy job. And I was right, it is, it's a crappy job. And, and I thought, man, thank God for the person that, because I'm, I'm almost 100% sure that somewhere in the seventh, eighth grade, when they were going around in the room going, what do you want to be when you grow up? That this guy didn't say, I want to clean septic tanks. That's, that's my, but, but I'm glad he does it because I, I don't want to do it. Can I get an amen somewhere in the room, all right? So, so I was thinking about that. And so I came home and, and got onto Google and started Googling world's toughest jobs. And for the most part, they were all um, identical. Uh, Police officer, um, firefighter, uh, first responder, like ambulance, um, ambulance, the people who drive the ambulance and EMS workers, Um, teachers were listed, okay? Airline pilots, I would would say, yeah, that's a pretty tough job. Um, But nowhere on the list was mother. And I, I, started, I was like, and I went, look, literally every list was compiled by a man. I'm like, that, that makes sense. That does make sense. Because, because mothers have to be a tough job. Because you, you don't get to call in sick. You, you don't get to go on strike. I mean, you can, but when you come back off strike, it's going to be worse, right? Like, there's, you, you, you don't get a, a day off from like being a mom. Now, for me, it's difficult to preach on Mother's Day. But not for what not for the reason that some of you think when I was eleven, my mom went to be with jesus, and um, it was it was tough, and it 's still a little bit emotional to this day i don 't think you ever get over it, but um, that 's not the reason it 's tough because I know she 's in heaven and she 's with jesus and she 's healthy and, and i 'm I'm good with that. The reason it 's tough for me to preach on mother 's day is i 've never been a mother, and despite how some people who label themselves as progressive, despite what they say, I can't ever be a mother. That's not a political statement. I'm just following the science, all right? That's just, and thank God, because I'm not sure I would want, now I have used the pregnant man emoji, um, but I, it was after I was ate a lot of food and I was like, this is how I feel, all right? So I've never been, so. Whenever something like this happens, when I'm having a difficult time, and I'm praying about it, like a couple months ago, I'm like, God, you know, what do you want me to talk about? And God took me to a passage of Scripture that I preached um, from this stage during Christmas, and in Luke, like the Mary, the mother of Jesus, and I was like. God, I know you got it on your plate. Um, I preached that back in December, and God was like, yeah, but it wasn't that good, so we're going to do it again, and so this is how we talk, and so he took me to this passage, and I've been looking at it for the past couple months, really trying to dig in and see what God would have to say, not just to mothers, but to all of us in this room, because at the end of the day, we all need a word every single day, every single week, all right? So I was like, God, what is it that you want to say out of this text, and I believe with all my heart that God showed me three big ideas in this text that he wants to say to every single person in this room, whether you're a mother or a father or an aunt or an uncle or a cousin or a human, think I got everybody right there. Like, like what, whatever, whoever you are, I believe God wants to say three things to us today. Here we go. If, if you're a note taker, write this down. And if you're not a note taker, write this down. All right, here we go. Number one, you've got what it takes. You've got what it takes. I, I know that there, there's somebody here today or somebody watching online and you feel like you're stuck in a situation and you, you, you wanna make it through it, but you're not sure if you've got what it takes. And I'm about to show you from scripture how why I believe you've got what it takes. Now let's just think about it for a second. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is somewhere between the ages of... 13 to 16 years old when most people believe, She's in a small village called Nazareth, okay? I've been to Nazareth. Nazareth makes Belton look like Atlanta, all right? So, so are, are we tracking? All right, if you blink, you miss it. So she's hanging out in Nazareth and watch what happens. Now, here's what's funny. The angel is talking to Mary. So there's a lot of names involved in this, a lot of detail. Because when you're talking to a woman, details matter. Y'all hold on to that one. We're coming back to it. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, by the way, we'll talk about that in a little while, Elizabeth was somewhere around 65 to 70 years old. Pregnant. (laughs) That's when you're supposed to be a grandma or a great-grandma. She's about to be a mama. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Have you noticed all the names? Lots of names in this, all right? Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Now, this is awkward. We read it every year at Christmas, and we think it's normal, but just think, if you go home today, you go in your bathroom, there's an angel, and he goes, greetings, favored woman. Like, I don't need any help going to the bathroom. Right then, I am going to the bathroom. It's not going to be difficult. Now, this reminded me for a a second. um, This coming Saturday, Shannon and I will have been married for one year. And I'm super, yeah, we can clap. But if you're a dude, if you're a dude and you bought that engagement ring, that's a little, that'll get you a little nervous, won't it? Now, I bought the engagement ring, from a guy, very I know this guy, he's a super cool guy, but he lives in Oklahoma. And I'm I'm just gonna tell y'all that people in Oklahoma are crazy. And in fact, let me just kind of break it down. Anytime you tell an ethnic joke, it's okay to make fun of your own ethnicity. Can we agree? So let me talk about how dumb white people are. I've been watching TikTok this week. White people in Kansas and Oklahoma It's only white people. If a tornado was coming, every other ethnic group does what you're supposed to do. White people get out their phones and go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, look, it's coming toward the house, Maude. (laughs) That ain't right. Get your butt underground, right? So anyway, he's from Oklahoma, so I'm a little worried. I'm like, I ask him this question, legitimate question. How are you going to ship the ring? Are you going to just like write my name on an envelope and stick it in the U.S. mail? Because (laughs) I'm not confident in that. And he he walked me through, no, 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 no. He said, I know you're making a significant investment. So the way I ship it really does matter. So he walked me through the shipping process and how he was going to ship it and the vessel he was in and all that stuff. And that stuff matters because when you have something important, wouldn't you agree that it matters how that thing is shipped? So I was looking at this and if you're a mom here today, I just want you to think about something. Just think about this. When God was getting ready to send his son to the world, the first thing he did was pick out a mother. It's the first thing. The mother, Mary, was his number one draft pick. You got what it takes. There's some moms here today, and I know you, you get to that place because you have the, the, the mama meltdown. I've seen the mama meltdown. I've caused mama meltdowns. And, and you melt down and you wonder, do I have what it takes to raise these kids? Do I have what it takes to allow these kids to survive in my presence for another 24 hours? Do I have what it takes? And you absolutely have what it takes. You know how I know you got what it takes? Because you had a child. And having a child is a miracle. Conception, birth, it's a miracle. God, you, you are God's draft choice for that child and you've got what it takes. Now, I'll take a step back. Even if you're not a mom, you got what it takes. In Christ, you got what it takes to overcome that addiction, to overcome depression, to overcome anxiety, to get through this valley, to get through this storm. You've got what it takes if you have Christ in you, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. All right? So that's number one. Number two, remember there's only three. And you went, you went through that first one real fast. This is going to be a quick message. Uh, I've got a Baptist background. We, we dragged this out. Number two, God wants you to know I have an amazing plan for your life. You got what it takes. The second thing I think God wants everybody in the room to know is I've got an amazing plan for your life. One of the things that bothers me is when people say things to sound smart, but they, it's not true. For example, have you ever heard somebody say this? There's no such thing as a stupid question hang out with me for a week. Just just hang out with me for a week. Just walk around. You know what? Let's just stand in the lobby after this, sir. I'm just, I'm just I, I get some stupid questions. And you've gotten stupid questions too. We've all gotten. Now, I'm not gonna share some of the stupid questions I've gotten because some of the people that have asked those questions are in this room right now and I just don't want you to feel singled out. But we've all got, we've all got some stupid questions. Well, one of the questions though that I love that's not stupid is this. Pastor P, how do I know God's will for my life? The very fact that you would ask that question means that God's doing something in your life because you wouldn't ask that question if God wouldn't have led you to ask that question because you weren't born thinking about God's will. You were born angry. Think about it. Nobody ever gave birth, oh, they're just such a happy baby. They weren't when they were born. They were screaming, they were yelling, they were crying, they were baby cussing, they were doing that, like they were mad. So the very fact that you would ask what God's will is means that God is working in your life. And here's, here's the good news. God wants us to know his plan for our lives more than we actually want to know it. It's not something that he's trying to hide from us. It's something that he wants to reveal to us. He wants us to know his plan for our lives. And I'm about to show you, he's, he gets detailed. Watch what happens. Watch what happens in, in, in this next part. Confused and disturbed... Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Now, here's what I love. Mary doesn't say anything. She just gives a look. This is how you know the Bible's true because mamas don't have to say anything sometimes. They just have a look. A look that says, I love you so much. A look that says, I'm going to kill you when I get home. Like you, they just have a look, right? Right? So she, she gets... She so gets confused and disturbed, and watch this. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. How many people know, I mentioned it earlier, I'm going to say it again, that when you're talking to a woman, details matter. This is how, watch what the angel tells Mary, because she's going to need some details. Men we don't need details. Women need details. God knows this. He tells Gabriel, this is what you need to say. Watch what Gabriel does. You will conceive and give birth to a son, gender reveal. (laughs) Handle it right there. Don't need to blow up no balloon with no dust in it. Just, Just a gender reveal right there. We got it handled. And you will name him Jesus, baby name. Don't have to Google. Don't have to go and get a baby name book. Uh, and this is this is detail. This is good. Is this good so far, ladies? Yeah, okay, good, good, good. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. So in other words, Mary, you're going to have my child as perfect stickers all over the back of your camel. When you go pick Jesus up from school, he's going to be the perfect child. He's going to make straight A's. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Is this a detailed plan? Yes. Which is important because men, we don't need details. In fact, men speak about an average of 5,000 words a day. Women speak 12,000 with gusts up to 25. So, so I mean, you don't have to point. It's just real. And women because they're better with details, would you agree that when it comes to giving care, for the most part, women are better at it than men? Absolutely. When it comes to your children, women know their names, their birth date, their blood type, their allergies, what they love, what they hate. Men are vaguely aware of some small people in our house. That's about (laughs) it. So details matter. But men, have you have you ever felt like you were trying to tell a story, and your wife kept interrupting, asking about things that just didn't matter? I saw I saw saw uh, Jennifer today. What's she wearing? <laughs> Clothes. <laughs> what her hair looked like. I don't even know if she had hair. I just saw Jennifer. Right. <laughs> this is this is serious. <laughs> so. So you felt like you just explained everything to your wife and she still got a question. Don't get frustrated. Gabriel is an angel from heaven. He shared all this stuff with Mary. She still had a question. Watch this. You would think, you would think this is good, but Mary's got a question. Now it's a legit question, but she's still got a question. Um, how can this happen? I am a virgin. Legit question. And so, so how do we know God's plan for our life? This is a, this is a good question. How do we know God's plan for our life? There's two main ways and they work together. They aren't in opposition. They work together. The first is the spirit of God, the spirit of God. Now, for the most part, we live in a society today, when you make general statements, somebody always gets offended because they're the exception. So, but in general, men are tough, women are tender. Can, can we agree with that in general? Now I know there's the exception. I know the exception, you're here and you're the woman and you love to watch movies where they blow things up and he loves to watch the notebook and he cries every time, okay? That's, that, but you're the exception, okay? For the most part, men are physically, physically stronger than women. Now, I, I know, I know, I know. That's the, you're here and you're like, I, it, all I'm saying is you, men can bench press more than their wives. Okay. Now, I know there's the couple here and you're like, I can bench press more than my husband. We are glad you're here, Helga. We glad, we glad you brought Eugene. I am so glad you showed up today you're the exception but with all that in mind let me say this from what I've seen and this is a challenge to men women are more open to the role of the Holy Spirit in their life because while men might be stronger and men are tough men also commit more violent crimes men are also more likely to struggle with anxiety and depression men are also more likely to be incarcerated Men are also more likely to commit suicide. Men, many times, we, we, we are so tough that we don't think we need the Spirit of God. But if we are going to live a life that Jesus wants us to live, it's impossible to do without His Holy Spirit. Amen. She asked a good question. She asked a good question. I just got, I mean, that's great, but I don't know how y'all do it in the angel world, but in the human world, you got to have sex. And if I'm a virgin, how am I going to have a baby? And the angel answered, watch this. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit. Now, that's all really the angel had to say. But he went on in detail because he's (laughs) talking to a woman. The Holy Spirit will. Come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the baby that will be be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Now, I know what some of you are thinking about the Holy Spirit. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, you know the reason most people resist the Holy Spirit? It's because we have two main ideas about him. Number one, he makes us weak. And number two, he makes us weird. Let's talk about the weird thing for a second. Everybody in this room... Know somebody that's obsessed with the Holy Spirit, and they're weird. They're weird as crap. Let's just admit it. Okay, let me promise you something. They were weird way before the Holy Spirit got involved in their life. I remember when I first started going to church and I got caught up with a group that, that was really into the work of the Holy Spirit. And listen, I believe in the work of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the gifts or whatever. But this group was all taught, they were caught up about praying in tongues. We're gonna to pray in tongues. We're gonna to pray in tongues. And I was like, oh. somebody asked me, do you have a prayer language? I was like, English. That's I, I talk a little bit of Spanish, but I'm not sure I should pray that way. And one of my friends though, they really want, I'm not making this up. They really wanted to pray in tongues. And so the way this group was telling them to pray in tongues is they, they put... Their hand on his belly. Which number one? I'm out. I'm done. Don't put your hand on my belly. And they said, say this over and over, real fast. Coming a Honda, leaving a Mazda. Coming a Honda, leaving a Mazda. Coming a Honda, leaving a Mazda. And I was like, talking about cars or Jesus? Like what? Who stole my bow tie? Who stole my bow tie? Like I, like I believe, I believe in all that. But I'm not talking about cars in order to, you know, whatever. Holy Spirit doesn't make us weird. He actually gives us wisdom. Holy Holy Spirit makes, makes people weak. You see people up there crying. and They got the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit don't make you weak. I, this is something I talk about when I talk about the Holy Spirit because I love this story because of the power of the Spirit of God. By the way, when, when Mary got told she was going to get pregnant, it, it, it took nine months to have Jesus because the work that God wants to do in us through His Spirit, it's a process. And so... So he, he's working out a process. And so if you're not where you need to be right now, don't worry, because you're in process. I mean, you, 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 might, you might not be showing yet, but how many of you know when you get pregnant, eventually it's gonna show? So keep this in mind about the Holy Spirit. This story is about a guy named Samson. Most of us know him from the book of Judges. He went to the satanic salon, got a haircut from hell, and, and it turned out bad. But there's so much more to his life. Watch What happens when Samson, the work of the Holy Spirit, happens through Samson? Watch this. As Samson and his parents were going down to Timnah, a young lion suddenly attacked Samson near the vineyards of Timnah. Pause. I get nervous if I'm going for a run and somebody's dog Comes towards me. I don't care if it's a big dog, small dog. I'll punt a small dog. I ain't scared to punt a small dog. You shouldn't punt. You know what? He shouldn't come at me. Made a bad decision. But a lion? Can you imagine a lion coming at you? <laughs> White people from Oklahoma will probably be like, oh, it's a lion. But, but it, it's. Can we just admit if a lion comes at you, it's over? Yes, okay. There's one redneck going, oh, i got me, I'd take him. <laughs> watch this. At that moment, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, and he prayed the lion away. That's not what it says. Watch what, watch, watch what happens. And he ripped the lion's jaws apart with his bare hands. He did it as easily as if it were a young goat. That's the Spirit of God. He's walking down the line, comes out, and he's like, get off me! And the part that bothers me is like, <laughs> was goat ripping a sport back then? I mean, why did they have to bring that in? <laughs> what, man, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't get that. But I saw something this week I've never seen, and it, and it fired me up. Watch this. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully above me, and he ripped he ripped apart a, a lion. So the Holy Spirit came upon him and then he ripped apart what animal? A lion. Let's do that on three, one more time. One, two, three, lion. He ripped apart a lion. Why does that matter? And then I went to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse eight. Well, Peter wrote this, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour but if I've got the spirit of God living in me, then he can take his best shot and I can still rip him and his work apart because greater is he that is in me than greater that he is in the world. You're stronger than you think. You're stronger than you think by the power of the spirit. So you got the spirit of God and then the second thing is you got the word of God and the spirit of God and the word of God work together. How many of you know that that words matter? The power of God's word in our life is so amazing and so resilient. Watch what else the angel says. After he says the spirit, he talks about the word. And, And by the way, by the way, just by the way, women are more open to the word of God than men. Now, some of you want to push back, but I'll prove it to you. Let's say, after church today, you go to Walmart or Target, depending on your level of redneckness. You buy a baby crib. You come home and you start putting together the baby crib. The man is going to start assembling the crib. The woman is going to read the instructions. I know how to put together a crib. Been putting together cribs for years. Maybe it says that's upside—that's upside down. Maybe you're upside down. I mean, like she'll read the instructions. It's the same thing with the Word of God. Like, it, are we open to the instructions? Because this is what the angel tells Mary. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. So she's like 65 years old. And in this culture, if you couldn't have a child, you were considered cursed or even damned by God for either something you or your family did. So every time Elizabeth and her husband Zechariah would walk around, people would be like, oh, that girl is a mess. I mean, she's got something wrong because she can't have wrong with her. But then at 65, she gets pregnant. I love that for a lot of reasons. Number one, they're 65 and still trying. Praise God. (laughs) It's in the text, don't get mad don't judge me. It's in the text, it's in the text. (laughs) But see, for years, everybody said she was barren. But then God's word steps in and says, no, she's not barren, she's a blessing people used to say. Anybody in here haunted by what people used to say? Or maybe even by what people still say. People say you're an addict. People say you're a drunk. People say you're no good. People say you're worthless. But God says you're priceless. God says you were worth so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for our sins. So I don't care what people used to say. I'm obsessed with what God currently is saying. And when we get obsessed with he, what he's saying, we don't have to. So so, so he, said, he said, Elizabeth's going to have a baby. This is all according to the word of God. For, for, for the word of God will never Fail. God's word. So God's spirit and God's word. Are we more? Are we open to God's word in our life? Now I want to show you how how I know this is true. I, I'm sure when my mama got to heaven, they just started giving her crowns, like rewards. She's like, "What's all this for?" They're like, "Your son's 11. Trust me, it's gonna for." I mean, she got. She got, but do you know, the, the greatest spiritual influence in my life till this day is my mother. And it's not because she was so godly. I mean, my mama was a true, I mean, she, listen, she could drink with the best of them. She could cuss. Trust me, I could make her cuss. She smoked like a chimney. In the last service, somebody clapped. I was like, I don't think I'd have clapped about that. They really did. I was like, calm down. <laughs> but my mom, my mom showed me that it was okay to follow Jesus and be honest about what you struggled with. She showed me what it was like to follow Jesus and be real. And you know what I remember most about my mom? People ask me this all the time. What I remember most about my mom is, is getting up every morning and walking into the living or walking into the kitchen and seeing her sitting at our kitchen table with an open Bible and a cup of coffee, reading God's word. That's what, I remember her dragging me, kicking and screaming to church. I hated church. I said, I will never go to church once I get the choice to go to church. I'll never go to church, I'm not, you know what? Every morning now, every morning, I get out of bed, I make a cup of coffee, and I read my Bible. And I'm in church, and I love church. And it's just proof of what God said in his word, Proverbs 22, 6, that if you direct your, your children onto the right path, when they're older, they will not leave it. By the way, moms, you are to direct your children, not take instructions from them. You're the mother. Some of y'all just looked at your watch and said, we're going to mark that. We're going to get a kid out. We're going to bring him home. We're going to let him watch that part right there. <laughs> this leads to number three. Number three, third thing I want, I believe God wants to say is you're going to make it through this. You're going to make it through this. Some of y'all in the middle of something right now, you had no idea this was gonna hit. How many people drive a truck? You drive a truck, like a, not, not like an 18-wheeler, but like a regular truck, like a, like a Dodge or a Chevy or a Ford or something. Okay, good, 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 good. I, I didn't know the truck rule when I, first got, when I got my first truck. Now I'm good with it, because I know the truck rule and I am an exception to the truck rule. For some reason in the South, when you drive a pickup truck, all your friends automatically think that you want to help them move. <laughs> am I right? I, I want to get a t-shirt design that says, I have a truck. I don't want to help you move. Okay. I, I don't, I have no desire, but I didn't know that. So I got my first truck and I had a friend call me. She said, I, I've got a few things I need to move from my, from my current apartment to my new apartment. Would you be willing to help? I was like, yes, because I didn't know. And I got to her apartment and she did have a few things a washer, a dryer and a refrigerator. She's on the third floor. <laughs> and she had her brother-in-law there to help. By the way, he was the Eugene married to Helga. She could bench press more than him. Like he wasn't a, he wasn't a lot of help. I kind of used him as a dolly. I just put it on his back and just rolled it down the stairs, but I remember that day very well. I was sweating, I was crying, I almost faked a heart attack because you're like, am I gonna get through this? And every single one of us have been in a place where you're like, am I gonna get through this? If you're a mom, you've been in that place. If you're a dad, if you're a pre- Listen, Mary, we, we tend to humanize, uh, we, we tend not to humanize Bible characters. We think Mary knew, we sing it every year. I love the song. Mary, did you know? But I always want to stand up and go, no! She didn't know! She didn't know. But she she said yes. She said yes, and then stuff started happening, and then she didn't know what was going to happen. And it got kind of crazy. And I'll bet you she was like, man, I'm not sure I made the right decision. I know that sounds like, sacrilegious but but watch what happens mary responded i'm the lord's servant may everything you have said about me come true and then the angel left her and she had no idea she had no idea like for example was her reputation ruined absolutely because how many people in her small town do you think bought into the virgin birth story week before Jesus was to be born, about a week, Joseph had to go back to Bethlehem. It's about a week-long journey on a donkey. Now, ladies, I don't know about that last week of pregnancy, but I'm just guessing that the last thing you want to do is go for a donkey ride (laughs) the entire week just to go where your husband needs to go. She had no idea. She had no idea that before Jesus was two years old that literally bounty hunters were going to try to come after him and kill him. Herod tried to have him killed. And that she was going to have to go to Egypt and live as a... She didn't know. She had no idea. She had no idea that sometime between the age of 12 and Jesus being the age of 12 and being the age of 30, that Joseph was going to die and she was going to be a single mom with not just Jesus but some other children. She had no idea. She had no idea that she would watch her son be put on trial, beaten, mocked, crucified, and killed. Can you imagine her pain, her confusion? God, I thought this is what you wanted. God, I thought this is what I, did I I miss it? She had no idea. But she also had no idea that three days later, her son was coming back to life, that he would live again. And when that happened, it made everything else worth it. She she made it through. It wasn't always easy, but she made it through. And somebody needs to know here today, you're going to make it through. That storm you're in the middle of right now, you're going to make it through. You're going to make it through that valley that you're in. You're going to make it through that difficult situation. You're going to overcome this bout with depression. You're going to overcome this... this deal with anxiety you're going to overcome this fear you're going to overcome this dysfunction you're going to overcome the thing that is overcoming you by the power of god through his spirit and his word you will overcome it because as followers of jesus the only thing we are be we are to be submissive to is jesus himself you're gonna make it god's got a plan for your life and you will overcome With that in mind, can we stand for closing prayer? Father, I wanna pray over every single person in this room today, over every single person watching online, God, that you would just give us that peace that passes all understanding. Father, I wanna pray for those of us that are in a place that we just thought we would never, we feel stuck, uncertain, Full of fear and doubt and worry. God, that you would speak into our hearts right now, heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe that's you. Feel with fear, doubt, worry. Just Why don't you just lay that at the feet of Jesus right now? Just picture yourself just laying that at his feet. Are you open to God's plan for your life? Maybe for the first time in your life, you need to say, God, What do you want for my life? How how do you want me to live? What is my next step? Maybe you're here today and you've never prayed to receive Christ. You've never asked Jesus into your life. And you know today, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that's your next step. You know you need to receive Christ. If that's you, then I want to invite you to pray with me right now all over this room and even online. If you know you need to ask Christ into your life, just pray this prayer in your heart. Just say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the grave. Thank you for paying for my sin. Come into my life. Be my Lord. In Jesus' name. With head's bowed and eyes closed right now all over this room. If you just prayed that prayer, if you just asked Christ to come in your heart, would you do me a favor and put your hands straight up in the air? Because I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. Over here on my right side. Amen. In the middle, In the, anywhere in the middle. Over here, just keep it up, leave it up. Amen, amen, sir. Thank you so much. God, I want to thank you for these hands in the air. I want to thank you that people just received new life. I want to thank you that people just received every promise in your word. I thank you that people just receive the spirit of the living God living inside of them. And Father, I pray for every single person in this room that's at a crossroads, God, that we are trying to decide, God, which way to go. Father, I pray that you would lead us in your ways, that we would know that your plans are greater and that your ways are higher. And Father, that you want greater things for us than we even want for ourselves. May we be submissive to your spirit and your word, knowing that in you, Jesus, the best is always yet to come. We love you. We celebrate you. And everybody that agreed with this prayer said amen and amen. Are you glad you came to church on Mother's Day? Me too. We'll see you guys next week. Don't miss next week. It's going to be awesome.